and welcome to The Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm the host, Israel, and my guest today is someone I've been dying, dying, dying to talk to. And it was from when you were in the lunch, and I said, okay, if I talk to your mom, then I can use that as an mm-hmm. in. But actually, no, 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 your mom is pretty cool. Your mom is pretty, pretty cool. And, um, but that, you know, we reached out, we want to let it happen, then COVID and everything. And then you were in mm-hmm. Toronto for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. T, thank you so yeah, much for coming yeah. on the show and uh you know for giving oh, me this space here. to just get to know a lot a bit more about you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to yeah, be here. Okay, Thanks for having so me. um I'm gonna go way, way back. Like, did you always sing mm-hmm. like did you always love music or sing music or play the guitar or Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like um when I was a kid, my parents are always saying that I was singing before I was talking kind of thing. And like, I was making up songs before I could oh, write the words out, you know? So, you know, my, they always tell this story about like sending me to my room. I was in trouble. And then they would like sit outside the door and just like, try not to laugh because I'd be in my room, like singing a song, making up a song about, I'm so sad. I've been bad. My mom is bad. Like just, Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been an ongoing uh, thing and then sure. did you like stop when did you start playing your guitar um when i was about 12 i moved from wolfville to another town in nova scotia called antigonish and i was kind of like the new kid at this really small school um and there was one other and i you know everybody kind of knew each other and so it was kind of like hard to be the new kid and they were kind of like mean to me <laughs> um and there was one other guy who also just would get bullied all the time. And he was learning to play the drums and he was like, you should learn to play the guitar and then we can have a band. And like, so then I, that kind of encouraged me. I had tried to learn it the year before and it, I was just like, you know, I was so young and it was like, the guitar is too big for my hands. It hurts. It's all this, you know, but then there's nothing like getting bullied a little oh, bit to give you boy. enough angst to work up the nerve to just learn the guitar <laughs> and sing about it. <laughs> and like, did you find that the songs you were writing then, like, did they have things to do with mm-hmm. you? Because like, you have this trend where all your songs are really personal. Like, did it start then or is, is it mm. just when you start recording? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think like they were always, it was always a way for me to like work things out. Um, yeah. And I mean, especially like the really early days, like being that kind of new kid and feeling like the odd one out and like dealing with like a lot of like kids mean are mean. Kids, kids are know? mean. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. Getting bullied, really getting bullied and just like having a lot of feelings about it. And that was the, the way that I was able to express them. So it just kind of, I've just have always, that's just how it's always been. It's just been really mm, personal mm, for sure. Mm in terms um, of the writing and then at what point did you think you know so you were just playing with your friends then but at what time did you think okay mm-hmm. i could actually make a career from this mm. ah well i don't know it's funny like my first record oh. kind of happened by accident um yeah because i was playing some songs you know i started writing and playing my songs just for my parents and their friends, they'd have friends over for dinner and they'd be like, Oh, go get your guitar and like play us the song or whatever. And, um, they had a couple friends over who have, uh, another friend who owns a studio and is a producer. And when they heard me, they were like, you should meet Tim and talk to him. And so 
we did it. My mom took me and I played a couple songs for him and I was like mm-hmm. 13 or 12 at the time. And uh, I think he was a bit like, what the hell is this? Like this kid's showing up with their parents kind of thing. But um, I played him a couple songs and he was like, oh. yeah, like I'll make a record with you. And so we made a record together, the very first one called Through the Static. And um, yeah, and I, I just thought it was fun. You know, I was just having so much fun doing it. And I like, I loved Avril Lavigne and I loved like all these different, you know, kind of young stars. And I just felt like so cool that I was in the studio doing it. And then even, but even then I wasn't really thinking, oh, this is going to be a career. Mm. I was just like having a great time. And I got to be away from school where Mm. people were kind of like bullying me uh, to do this. And, um, and then when the album came out, people liked it. And there was kind of a stronger response from like adults around me. And that's when we kind of started getting the first taste of like the actual music industry. And that's kind of when I think I realized like, oh, like Mm. people like this. So I guess I'll just keep doing it. And like, I like doing it. And this is a thing, I guess. But like, um, you know, it's like you're doing this thing you love. Uh, and then wait, were you like in university then? No, that well, I mean, that was the story that I was just. Oh, the very first about, one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. okay. My first... mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. was in like so, grade nine. I, like, I, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, you you follow this musical train um but mm-hmm. you go to school and then you like you didn't say mm-hmm. fuck school but you didn't not say fuck school <laughs> that's i mean yeah i'm pretty sure i probably <laughs> did say fuck school <laughs> um yeah i went to u of t by the time i went to u of t um i had put out two albums and i was making my third album and I kind of thought like my parents and I still disagree about this, but like, I really felt like they really wanted me to go to university and that they like really cared about it. And like, to this day, they're like, we didn't care. Like, why did you think that it mattered? Like, you know, but I had it in my head that they like really wanted me to go. And I was like, Oh, I have to go. Um, And the only thing that I was like, if I'm going to go to university, like the only thing I want to study is like queerness and like queer community and queer people. And U of T was the only place I could find at the time that had, they had the sexual Mm -hmm. diversity studies program. Um, So I was like, okay, I'll go do that. And then I got three months in and I was just like, not going to class, not doing it, just sitting in my room, writing music, you know, going to shows. And I remember I calculated, um, I had this exam and I kind of sort of studied for it, sort of didn't for the midterm, but I got my mark back and I got a 75 and I was like okay that's like not bad like that's fine and then I and I was like I didn't really even study so like maybe next time I'll study even Mm. more and like it'll be better so the next the final for that semester I like studied even more and then I got the the result back and I got 50 (laughs) I was like what the hell and then I I I realized I went back and looked at my other mark and I'd actually miscalculated the mark and I'd actually like (laughs) failed the first exam and so I actually did do better the second time (laughs) <laughs> but I was like, I remember that moment. I was just like, okay, like I can't even calculate my grades. Like I'm, yeah, I, this is yeah, not for yeah, me. Yeah. Like I can't do this. And uh, yeah, and so I left and just decided to focus on music. Like and, you know, mm-hmm. did so once you made that decision, did something change in your music? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I think when I went to university, it was sort of changing already because I, you know, being in high school and being like 
living with your parents and having a really intense like routine like high schoolers do or I did anyway where you know somebody else is making your food you know like someone else is making meals for you like you just have to kind of exist within this structure Mm -hmm. and like do your best was kind of the way that my like I was really privileged Mm -hmm. to have that experience and and as soon as like I left and was you know on my own and having to deal with like oh I have to like go get groceries I have to cook for myself I have to do all this stuff like just all the adult the beginning like of adulthood um you realize like I don't know like your creative time can get like sucked away from you like really quickly and you know I feel like as a teenager and early those first few albums like every single time I would write or every time I would pick up the guitar I would write a song and I would write it like all the way through and it would just be done and then as I have now as I've gotten older I find it's changed where it's like I just that just doesn't happen it's not like as easily accessible to me and like when I do sit to write it's usually in spurts kind of thing or like just the focus that it takes I feel like you know also like we've been exposed to a lot more kind of technology in the last few years and I think my attention span has like really suffered as a result but uh but yeah like I think it started to change before I kind of decided Mm -hmm. to do it full time um but I think when I decided to do it full time it wasn't that like the writing process changed as a result but it was more like my perspective and me being like okay like I have to really take this seriously and like you know, up in, you know, I'd, I'd been really lucky in the early part of my career to have teams, different teams around me kind of helping me do things. And at that point, I still did have a team, but um, my mom was, she just, you know, she's, as you know, she's an artist, she's a self-employed artist as well. And she was like, you know, if you're going to do this, and you're going to not kind of get a degree and have like another option of a career path, like, you have to understand that this is a job. And this is like, you need, you need to give this as much tension and focus as you would be giving any other job. It's mm-hmm. not just like a fun party, you know? So I think that my perspective in that sense, like shifted when I yeah, dropped no, out. I remember your mom, like <clears throat> her acting is just spectacular. You know, she wins awards. So that tells you all you mm-hmm. need to know about that. But <laughs> I think it was in the child remains. I don't, you know, I've seen a child remains. Oh, she was oh yeah scary and this is the nicest person like who are you (laughs) yeah 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 man i watched it with oh my god oh i watched that movie with my friend who's a doula and i like kind of forgot like you know that it's just all about babies and all this and my friend is like watching it with me and she's just like so horrified (laughs) she's so upset (laughs) <laughs> you know so it's yeah. like yeah she takes our craft seriously really and, and i remember you know when i had her in the studio she's mm-hmm. like so nice everyone had a great time when she was there and then i'm seeing child the child remains mm-hmm. like how do you like do mm-hmm. that transformation i need to have a back just to talk about the child <laughs> yeah. remains because that film is creepy uh, and yeah. she's so nice right <laughs> right because yeah, she's yeah. nice but like she's creepy nice oh <laughs> yeah. oh yeah no no yeah 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 yeah, yeah so yeah. so um then you're like okay i'm gonna take serious take this seriously and this is gonna be my career mm-hmm. uh you still had mm-hmm. your team around you mm-hmm. what are some other things you did after taking that decision mm-hmm. um well i was working on this record at the time uh called columbus field which was like the last album that i put out under my old name um and so i think like the recording process on that just like really picked up and um i was kind of 
going around and like meeting more industry people in Toronto and kind of like getting myself in front of those people. And so people kind of knew me and knew what I was doing and knew that there was something coming and just kind of getting it all out there, you know, and trying to get some interest. And that world was pretty mm-hmm. like foreign to me at that point. Cause you know, I'd been living in Antigonish and I had no kind of concept or interest in like industry. Um, yeah. So I think it just kind of, we just kind of like upped the game, you know, we just were like, okay, like, you know, now I have time to like take these meetings during the day or like go and do these things or try to book more shows, you know? And so I think, you know, we kind of were trying to expand the team in that time and, and prepare for this release and kind of make this release the kind of most impactful one, the most kind of strategic, mm-hmm. the most organized one that I had. Yeah. Done. That album. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, your songs are really, really personal, but that album was like the last mm-hmm. album you last me was how heavy mm-hmm. was it writing the songs you wrote for that album? Oh, I mean, I think it was, it, it didn't, didn't feel like anything, you know, it was like, cause a lot of those songs were written in high school. Um, because yeah, like, because that, the process of making that record started when I was in high school and I was in Andy Kanish. It was produced by John Angus McDonald, who's in the Trues, the band the Trues, and they're from Andy Kanish. And we met at like a house party in Andy Kanish when I was still in high school. My parents' friends were having a kind of theater, uh, mixer party because my dad ran the theater in Andy Kanish and John Angus and the Trues were there playing. And so we met and he heard me play a couple of songs and then it just went from there. And so by the time I got to, so a lot of the songs we were drawing from had been written in high school. Um, and yeah, like I, obviously I didn't have any idea about what was coming and I didn't realize that like, this was going to be the last album under my old name, you know, like I had, so there was no weight in that sense. Um, yeah. I think like writing the songs for that, it's just a lot of like, I haven't listened to that album in a while, but like, it's just a lot of like high school experiences, you know, and it's, uh, I think at the time it probably felt like really intense, um, you know, and, and now I'm just like, yeah, like those are my formative years, you know, and it's, it's nice to have a document of that time for sure. And then you said you didn't know what was coming. At what point did you know Mm -hmm. it had to happen? Hmm. Well, I think like, where, 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 where are we here? So in the kind of winter of 2014 is when that record Columbus Field came out. And then through the summer of 2014, um, I came home to Nova Scotia because I was living in Toronto at the time. And I was filming a movie here over the summer, that summer in actually in New Brunswick. And um, I just remember like just before I left Toronto, I had this really intense dream that I woke up from in the middle of the night and I was like sweating and like really stressed and like, uh, you know, someone was like kind of yelling at me in the dream, like being like, you're trans, you're trans, like yelling at me. It's really like intense. Like I was in this long hallway with all these doors, closed doors. And I was just walking down this hallway, like trying all these different doors that like wouldn't open. And there's this really loud, like booming voice kind of yelling at me. And I woke up and I was like, very like full body sweat, like very scared and just knew that like, that that was true, but didn't 
but like was scared and just like went back to sleep and the next day kind of was like oh that was a weird dream and Mm -hmm. tried to like play it off and just forget about it but I don't know like some things you can't like they just don't let go of you like once they've come from up from your subconscious um as much as you try so I think like throughout that summer that I was back home like filming I was sort of unconsciously looking for like more of a connection to queer community and to trans community. And um, I spent a lot of time like at Venus Envy, like reading all their books that they have there and like just sitting there for hours and like, you know. Um, And I remember at Pride, Halifax Pride that summer was like pretty important for me, just like reconnecting with other queer people from here. And there's actually a lot of like trans people who grew up in Antigonish, which is so weird because it's such a small town. And it's really like Catholic and like, really repressed for a lot of queer people um or oppressive for a lot of queer people although I do think that it's changed quite a lot and I think it's like become much more progressive and much more like open and safer space but um back when I was growing up it what it didn't feel that way and I and these people are like even older than I am so I think it it really didn't feel that way for them um but yeah there's like several really cool like trans people from Antigonish and I remember kind of reconnecting with them throughout that pride um that summer and yeah just kind of by that end of the summer fall I was like okay like I don't know it's you know you don't really know like like as when you asked the question you said like that it had to happen you know and it's like I'm kind of like yeah it's always happening even now you know it's like you don't know like there's like you're not like for, for me, anyway, I didn't wake up and I wasn't like, I need to do this and this and this and this and this. Like, I was just like, I feel a bit weird. And like, I think I'm going to sit with that and see where it takes me. And I felt like through the time, through the first few years of my transition, as I was kind of figuring out what I wanted my transition to look like, because I didn't want to just kind of, I didn't want to go from one box to another. You know, it wasn't about that. It was about like something was like stopping me and saying like, you really need to like get to know yourself better because like you, you, you don't know yourself enough now. And um, yeah, so it was, it was more like I just needed a like long period of time to kind of make space to, to get to know myself. And there were parts of it which were really frustrating and like really lonely but uh, I think once you start getting those signals from yourself, it's really hard to ignore if you want to continue to like live mm. a like healthy life eventually, mm. you know. And, and you know, it's like you mm-hmm. said it's it's a My process, it's an ongoing <laughs> one. When it began for you, like, mm-hmm. and you had to like you know go within yourself. Uh, what were some things you had to do then, and how important mm-hmm. was music, at least the music you're writing at that period for you? Mm. yeah yeah the music was actually like really stressful um at that time because I just didn't know how I was going to bridge the two um and I really like I just because the music thing is so public and at the time that this started it felt so uncertain and unknown and scary and like not anything that I wanted to share with anyone because I just didn't know what I would even say. Um, So I couldn't even like fathom, like Mm -hmm. bringing the two together. 
but it also got to a point where it was really hard. Like I was making a little bit of progress in my own understanding of myself, but I hadn't like bridged that to my public persona. So I would be showing up to things and they would be completely disjointed, like from how I was like living my personal life. And then I'd show up as this person to this thing. And I would just feel like so strange. So eventually I kind of had to be like, okay, I'm just like not playing shows anymore. I'm just taking a break because I can't like do both at once. I need to like go through this thing and then I need to, you know, and that's it. And and eventually I ended up finding how to, you know, bridge those things, but it, I needed to like have the time to myself before I could do that. So, but, but, so that's kind of the public part of the music, I guess. And then in terms of the kind of more personal, like, you know, the relate my own relationship with it, I think, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, I did write the, my record that came out, like my self-titled record that came out in September, 2019. A lot of the music on that, you know, some of it was like written through that time. And I think it was really great again, just like in, in high school and in the short stint in university, it's like, I used that connection with music to work things out and like figure things out in my brain. But, um, again, like I said, like the kind of focus and attention and vulnerability that it takes to like sit with yourself and allow yourself to like dig in and like put it on paper and like spend the time feeling it and really thinking whatever it is and that you can then accurately and kind of eloquently or whatever kind of convey it in a song that can be like sometimes too much. Like I didn't have like the emotional capacity to do that a lot of times. And I felt really guilty actually that I was not spending more time like um, expressing myself like through writing and through music because I was like, man, like what's wrong with you? Like, this is who you are. Like you're a musician. Like, why are you not like connecting? You should, you know, this is like one of the most intense times in your life. You should be like leaning on music more. And I just like didn't have the capacity to kind of like mine myself as I was going through what I was going through, I needed to just like numb myself a lot of the time because it was just Man, so intense. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, 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 you know, and like, let's not forget you were still a kid kind of, you know, like, and you're dealing mm, with all, mm. all this. Yeah, 20. So I can't yeah. even fathom doing that. Mm. But through that time, mm. what was this, was, did Bliss come out during that period? Yeah. Well, it's funny, actually, Bliss came out like right before that, like Bliss, I wrote Bliss in like a long time ago, like I wrote it like 2013 or something. And I and this was and it was before kind of like any of that stuff was happening. And I was, you know, because that stuff kind of started for me 2014, 2015. But I wrote Bliss. Um, I had had like a really bad breakup. It was like my first kind of like grown up breakup since moving to Toronto and I went on my first trip to the UK uh, by myself like I'd been before but I went by myself for the first time and you know stayed with family I was born there my parents lived there for a long time I have a bunch of like family over there so I was kind of like meeting people for the first time as a grown-up like again this was prior to transition but it's just like you know um and I remember my, just my dad kind of saying to me, like, 
saying to me, like, you need to get out of your head and like, just go and like, do this thing, look out. Like, that's what he would always tell me when I would, through this breakup, I was like, just dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I didn't kind of know that that's what it was. Um, I didn't have like, really the tools to deal with it or talk about it or anything. And, and so being really close with my parents, like they would get a lot of the spirals, the spiraling that I would get into. And my dad would just be always say to me, just like, look out, look outside of yourself, you know, try to like, look out at the world and ground yourself that way. And um, so that was kind of in my mind as I was on this trip. And then I was also meeting all these people who had known my parents at like different points in their lives and hearing all these stories that I'd never heard before and kind of like meeting my parents, like as a, as adult, as an adult, but like through other people's perspectives. Yeah. And, and so that when I came back from the trip, I think I wrote, I wrote bliss when I came back from that trip and kind of had my dad's words ring in my ears and had all these experiences. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know how people pick favorites. I don't know cuz I struggle with that, but I think mm-hmm. when it comes to your song, that's like one of the few times I have a favorite and Bliss is is that song for me. Mm-hmm. And like when uh, <laughs> No, you. it's a really really beautiful song. But then the video of that song elevated it for me. Like mm. it's uh Again, you. you know, when you read, like, like when when I read, when you kind of go through your lyrics, it's like, okay, this person, like, is mm. is either talking about someone they really, really know very well, or they are talking about themselves. That's kind of the vibe mm. I get. Um, so right. you know, that right. vibe was in bliss, right? This is what my dad says, and this is what I'm doing. Mm. But then mm. that video, mm. like, it's just this is me. Like, was that? That's what I got mm. from that video, right? Um, like, you know, in my mm. head, when I really like a song and I watch a video, I'm like, no, this is what I do. But I, I can't, like, I wouldn't <laughs> even like, like, there's nothing I would change about that video. What was the idea behind that video? <laughs> and like, it's why great. did he take that approach? It's like so personal without saying, look at mm. me. It's kind of also mm. saying, look at me. Mm. <laughs> That's so great. Well, I made that with a friend of mine, uh, called Kira Palmer. And I think basically the idea was I just wanted to get a bunch of friends together and like go have a day, you know, the way that we would anyway. And they were kind of, they were kind of all friends from like different groups. So a lot of them, like some of them knew each other, some of them didn't. And um, it was just a really nice day of like going to three pools in Wolfville and just swimming. And just like, to me, that song is like, yeah, I guess like it's just that's that's the kind of setting where I feel like a lot of bliss is like in nature with my friends, like out for a swim, just a very chill day. And I think Kira, you know, knew me well enough to like really be able to capture that. And like and she knew like several of the other people. She didn't know all of them, but she knew several of the other people who came to shoot with us. And just, we, you know, she created such a great environment where everyone could just relax and just like have a nice day together. And uh yeah, it was just... It was great. Yeah, I love it. Great. It's great. so, you know, just chill. Me being me. And, you know, floating. Shed open. Just, mm-hmm. and, you know. And it's like, it's, you know, it has this VHS mm. feel. It's, just, it's good. It's good. Let- yeah. Yeah, she did. Oh, she did film it on wow. VHS. Yeah. I thought it was like added yeah. in post. Yeah, yeah. Man, thanks for sharing that. No, oh, wow. no, no. Okay, see now yeah. I even appreciate it times ten because <laughs> like holy shit, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh man, she went through a lot to like get the camera to do it and then like do all the yeah. editing, do all the ev- pulling it off and digitizing it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, my god. Because yeah. you know, oh my god, you're giving me mm-hmm. a. Oh no. Years ago, years ago, this literally just came to my mind. Years ago, many, many, many years mm. ago, um, there was like, you know, they came out with these really small cameras that had small tapes. And then a friend of mine just okay. had this idea. Oh, yeah. Shoot Camcorder. And mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so uh I don't know if you know the center of apps uh, of art tapes he they have this kind of digitizing thing. Yeah. So I took this tape, like we've yeah. shot this thing years ago. So I took this tape to CFAT because yeah. they have the thing and then I made it and I'm never showing anybody. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> the tapes are somewhere around here, like yes. no way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So 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 bliss happened and then the launch, how did that how did that mm-hmm. come about? Because oh my god, Halifax was crazy mm. when you're on the launch. It was <laughs> like everybody came together uh, for this one moment. Um how did the launch happen? Oh man. Um oh so funny. So I saw like that I was on season two of it, and I remember when the first season came out and I was kind of intrigued and I thought that's a really interesting concept for a show because it felt more rooted in like the industry and like the reality of the music industry than kind of like oh let's excuse me let's like make a show about being famous and becoming a star and all that stuff like Mm -hmm. it just felt like a bit different and I knew and when I kind of looked into the credits and I saw the like people who were involved in making it I was like okay like I recognize some of these names you know like I I think there's a good team here and um because it's easy to be like really skeptical about reality tv and i think you know everyone should be um but but uh you know i so i was kind of intrigued and then um canadian music week i guess it would have been like 2018 uh which is like a big conference and festival that happens in toronto and i was there and there was a panel about the launch and i was gonna go and i was sitting in the hotel lobby waiting you know to go to this thing and i was just finding i was super tired i'd been like just running around and i was thinking oh man maybe i'll just go home i'm just like i don't need to do this like i need to rest and um i saw this guy walking through the lobby of the hotel who i recognized and he had been a really big supporter of mine like you know back when i was like 14 and um he worked at a couple different labels through the years in toronto and he would come to nova scotia music week and like just be really supportive and uh, his name's Fraser Hill, and I saw him walking through the lobby, and I was like, "Oh, I want to go say hi to him." And I was like, "He might not know who I am because, like, I, I haven't seen him since I was a kid, and I'm I look totally different. And I'm like a different person." Um, but he he knew me, and he was like, "Oh, it's great to see you," and introduced me to the woman he was with, and he was like, "Yeah, we're going to this panel," and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna go to that too," and I thought they were going to watch it, and then they were like, "Yeah, we're like speaking on the panel because we're involved with the launch," and I was like, "Oh." So then when I kind of realized that he was involved with the launch, like that just kind of solidified it for me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go check this out. And they were like, they were like, yeah, we really want you to like um, come and see it. And we'd love for you to apply. Like we were just talking about you the other day. And um, anyway, just kind of all like lined up. They came and saw my showcase at that festival, uh, I think that night. And then they stayed and talked to me and said like, we really want you to apply to the show um so i did and then yeah, yeah how was that experience though you know like uh everything really beginning to end mm-hmm. mm. um it was like 
really exciting and also scary and weird, but really great. Like it was, I think it was, um, it was a really huge lesson in kind of like seeing a peek behind the curtain and seeing like how shit goes down. And it was a big lesson in like making allies and making friends and, and using these opportunities to kind of, you know, not really doing it for, because you're like, Oh, I'm going to go on this reality TV show and I'm going to like win and be famous and all this stuff. Like it wasn't about that. It was about like, okay, like this is an opportunity and who are the people that are involved in it? Do I kind of like that team? Do I have faith in them? Am I like, are they better than me? Because I want to surround myself with people who are like doing like, you know, big thing. And when I say better than me, I just mean like more experienced have been doing stuff longer. Like all that stuff. Like it's basically like, to me, it's like, that was my university education. You know what I mean? It's like doing that show and, and so many other things that have, that I've had the fortune to do, but like, yeah. So it just kind of ticked all those boxes where I was like, I feel like I can't not do this. Like once they had accepted and they, you know, said to me, we'd like for you to be on the show and all that. Like it, that was scary because I was like, I'm not going to have control. Like, you know, you, you sign all these contracts and they film you for three days and then you don't, you don't see the footage until it's cut together and shown to the world. Right. So like, you're like, <laughs> I don't know like what they're going to do. <laughs> like, um, and I think that was a really good lesson for me. Cause like, I'm usually like, I have a say over everything, like to a fault, like, you know, it's, it's sometimes really hard for me to let go of control. And, uh, so that was, you know, really like intimidating and stressful. And I didn't realize, I don't think until I was in it, like how anxious it was going to make me, um, you know, when you're kind of like, three weeks out from the episode airing and you're just like, Oh my God, I don't even remember what I said. Like what, like what's happening. But, uh, but, but it was just also like, you know, I think sometimes those, those shows can feel like, because, you know, you, you go and you audition in front of the judges or the mentors or whatever, and it can feel like sort of this kind of overblown, unrealistic situation where, you know, it's like really high pressure and, Mm. and it's really intense and all that. But I'm like, no, that is, that is what happens though. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a hopped up version of like, you're playing a show. You don't know who's in the audience. Like you have to be able to meet those moments, you know, and you have to be like on your game so that when you perform to like two people or no one at a coffee house, or when you're doing that, you're delivering the same like level of like quality Mm. of, performance you know and so I I felt like it was a great challenge and I was really excited to like rise to it and like confront like as a musician but also like just with my own nerves like trying to deal with my own nerves um yeah so I just think like it was and then there was a lot of things that I kind of like I had to stand my ground on and be like you know, I'm coming on this show as myself. I'm not coming on this show to be made into somebody, you know, like I'm already myself and I'm going to like, let you see that. I don't need this show to like make me, you know, like I'm good. Um, and so, and in the nicest, most like in the nicest way possible, I mean, you know, like, like I'm like, I just, I'm like, I'm here to like do what I already do, you know, cause I'm out here doing it already. And this is like a, opportunity to like bring it to a different platform but i'm not out here trying to like get on this show and like be somebody else um but i think like 
it's really easy for that to happen. You have to constantly like be checking in with yourself and be like asserting your boundaries. And again, like that's not something that I'm always Mm -hmm. comfortable doing. I'm like, I don't love like, you know, confrontation or saying no. I I like to be as accommodating Mm -hmm. as possible um, to a fault sometimes. So it was a big lesson in that, but I thought like it was a testament to everybody involved in the show that they were like really receptive of that, really respectful. And like, they wanted that from the artists. Like they were like, we don't want to like, we don't want this to be contrived. We don't want to like turn you into somebody or not. Like, so I just, yeah, it was, it was a big learning experience. How really did the possible. support from Nova Scotia feel though? Uh, like, did you know while you were the oh, show yeah. or it was after the show that you knew about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was after. Um because no one knew like when I went to film it, they didn't, you know, there was a big period of time where I like yeah. had to keep it a secret yeah, and yeah. no one knew anything. Um but when it came out that I was like on the show, uh yeah, there was like all this excitement and support and that was like kind of overwhelming because you're like you've just been sitting on this thing for so long and you feel like maybe you dreamed it or something <laughs> no, it wasn't and then a suddenly dream. It's it wasn't real. a dream. <laughs> yeah. So- yeah. But it was amazing. Yeah. It was so nice. Um, yeah. you, you know, you've come on this journey to this point you are now. And like, as with most artists, kind of, you know, is winter, you know, January, February. It's getting cold, but you're also getting ready for, you know, all the festivals that are coming up. And you were like, you know, 2019, mm. you were played a couple of festivals. You were like traveling a lot. Because I mm. remember that's when I was trying to mm-hmm. talk to you. It's like, no, I'm here and I'm there. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, you know, but then 2020 yeah. happened yeah. and like <laughs> everything shut down. How was mm-hmm. that for you? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was like really intense. I mean, as for everybody, it's, I feel like so many people that I know were kind of like, man, I was just getting my life together. And then like, shit hit the fan, you know? Um, And I kind of felt like that to a degree. But at the same time, I think I really needed a break, you know? And um, I think, I don't think I would have got it. You know, I don't think I would have ever given myself the same kind of time that I've had as a result of lockdown and Mm. all that stuff. And as much as like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I don't want to turn this pandemic into like, like it's not a positive thing. You know what I mean? And it's been like the only reason that I'm able to kind of have any kind of silver lining to it is because I'm like living in a situation that's like incredibly privileged. And, um, you know, I'm aware of that, but I'm like, also like, wow, I, I feel like it was, I feel like I was able to adapt fairly quickly because I feel like deep down, I kind of knew that I needed a break and I was like, okay, like I I can't like do all this networking and all this like traveling and all this stuff that I've been wanting to do. Like, obviously I was disappointed, but I was like, I'm going to figure this out. It's going to be fine. Like, you know, my priority is like staying safe and healthy and having my family safe and healthy and getting back to Nova Scotia so I can be close mm-hmm. to my family. And I think it just like, gave me a big perspective check that I really needed where it's like, what is actually important, you know? Um, And it's not to say that like music is not important or anything, but it's just like, you know, you can get so caught up in like the industry and like what you think Mm. people want from you and what you should be doing and what other people are doing that you wish you were doing. You're jealous or you're like, why am I not 
like achieving the same things as this person or why does this person over here like not care about what I'm doing and blah 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 like all this stuff you know and it's just it just, that shit doesn't matter like you know like yeah, it just yeah, yeah. I I think this time has taught me to like really nurture what's already around me whether you know whether it's in my career or in my personal life and like try as much as possible not to take it for granted because we've obviously seen so many people lose so much in this time and yeah and it's just like and also also thinking about like how do I want to run my career like what are the ethics around like I'm running my career and like you know all of that like what am I contributing what do I want to see happen in the world how can I contribute to that like how can I as an artist have some kind of like social impact you know and I've always kind of thought about that but I think it's made it more it's made it clearer to me that that's kind of one of the most important elements of my career because otherwise I'm just like not interested in like thinking of this as only kind of like a capital gain like trying to sell people stuff and be famous or whatever like I I want to contribute to like a better future Mm. for everybody you know and and I just think like I don't I don't know if I would have kind of come to that conclusion in the same way okay uh so I think it was last summer or a couple of months ago not sure now your mom Mm. was working on her film can you share anything about it do Mm -hmm. you know anything about Mm. uh, oh Mm. I know some things. What can, are that. you allowed to share? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So she, last summer, they were one of the first, um, my mom wrote and directed her film, feature film, Dawn, Her Dad, and the Tractor. And they were like one of the first um, movies in Nova Scotia to shoot, like since the pandemic started. Um, so, you know, they were kind of going through hell with like figuring out the insurance and figuring out how all the protocols and the safety would work. and they figured it out and they shot it, which is like pretty amazing to me. Um, and yeah, now like she, I just saw her this morning and they're just kind of going through the final color correct and the final like sound mix, but they've got like nice. a locked picture at it and they just doing these final things. Yeah. And so I think they're, you know, I think there's some stuff in the works that's still top secret for now in terms of like some festivals and yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. Uh, really were you about on the set or, you know, Mm-hmm. yeah i was on i i went and did one day <laughs> how was that, that was experience for you <laughs> made a little cameo it was good it was great i you know i like it's just like cool to see your parents doing their thing you know and doing it really well and everybody having a great time and especially under such intense mm-hmm. circumstances so and i got to go back it was filmed in antigonish which is where i went to high school and, uh, you know, like I was saying, I had a bit of a rough time in high school and, and middle school, but now as an adult, my perspective has changed a lot on the town and the town has changed a lot. And, uh, it was just mm-hmm. so nice to go back and like be there and see her filming this movie. And yeah, it was really like full circle. Nice. nice. So, uh, what now? Like, are you working on a new record? <laughs> uh, are you like, what, what now? I mean, with all these new perspectives you've yeah. had, thanks to COVID. Hmm. Mm. yeah there's definitely music in the works um i'm demoing all the time at the moment i actually like fractured my ankle oh, no, at the what end happened? of december that was like 20 
Oh, I was out for a walk and I jumped over a stream and I just oh, came no, down. Oh no! Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'm back at it now. But so that was kind of 2020's like <laughs> last little g- gift to me. <laughs> Literally December 30th, I like <laughs> fractured my ankle. Um, yeah. So I was on the couch for like the first couple yeah. months of 2021, and in that time, like at first, I was just like really depressed and was like mm. really upset. But then I was like, okay, I can use this time to, you know, chill, like self-reflect, you know, connect with some other creatives and started doing a lot of like Zoom sessions to get some demos going. And now I'm kind of, yeah, into that process of like narrowing down the collaborators for the next album. And it's really exciting. uh, Do you have a timeline? (laughs) (laughs) Questions. (laughs) listen (laughs) uh i think we're hoping i think i'm hoping my dream would be to get something out in kind of like early 2022 okay okay, that's great um you know what i'd be (laughs) i'd be i'd be throwing away great opportunity if i didn't ask this question so i I just made sure i taped it somewhere but i'm not gonna ask how i wrote it Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna just go straight elio page was on the time magazine um how yes. like how important was that for you or how did you feel seeing that mm. oh my gosh i mean i just felt so happy for him you know like i was just like this is amazing and it just reminded me so much of you know i don't think we're i don't think we're there yet like i think i think these these things happen like these moments happen for different communities and they're great moments and everybody kind of looks at it and they feel warm and fuzzy and it's amazing. But I'm like, what? Like, what is the actual, we, I don't think we can measure the impact of that yet because I think it's probably still having an impact and it's still like rippling out. And I, I think in this very moment, like we have so much further to go. And also Elliot Page like represents a very specific, like part of the trans, uh, the trans community. Um, you know, he's like a white, like cis passing man who's also incredibly famous and wealthy so it's like that's like not the experience of most trans people and um a lot of like the trans people who are experiencing like the highest amounts of like violence are like trans women of color who are not like rich and famous like you know and you know maybe even some of the trans women of color who are like rich and famous are probably experiencing a very different reality than i would experience or elliot would experience but um so it's like i look at it and i'm like this is awesome I mean, I feel like so happy for him. Um, But I just am like, I don't want anyone to like get it twisted and think that this means that like trans people are like good. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we, we still have like a long way to go and it's, and it's so even within the community itself, there's people who need like a lot more like support and, and visibility than you know, who like even within the community are marginalized mm-hmm. within the community. You know what I mean? And it's like, so yeah. But I mean, I I like, I think it's amazing to see those kinds of articles and those kinds of moments. It's like when Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time, you know, and like these are just like amazing moments that we've come so far. Um, and I think it's a beautiful like cause for celebration and a moment for people to feel empowered. Um, but I also think it's like, I think he said some really important stuff in that interview. And I think he's like really aware 
of all of the things that I just said. And, and I think that's great because I think that needs to be brought into, to those spaces, you know, and I think he's trying to do that. So I really respect him and yeah, happy for him. So happy for him. And how important are pronouns and, and why do you think some people have, I guess, difficulties accepting it? Mm. I mean, I don't know. I just think like, I mean, pronouns are important because they like describe you to the world and they like solidify your identity, like outside of your own brain and they validate and reinforce your, your existence in a social setting, you know? And it's like, you know, we can't just like live in our own heads, like all the time. Like we need other people to tell us that we're real, you know? And right so it's like that's to me i'm like that's why they're important (laughs) like i don't know um but uh and then i think like i don't know i think like some people i just like yeah it's like change is hard like for sure you know if you've known somebody for a long time and they change something like even like i don't know people change their last names when they get married and some people like have problems like just have to get used to that you know it's like change is hard like for sure you got to create a new pathway in your brain it doesn't happen like immediately um i don't really have a problem with people who are like trying you know and who are just like in the process of creating that pathway like totally like do your thing have your have your experience with change like but i i think like change change can like ripple out and make people question like other things so i think and i think that can make people really scared sometimes so i think that's why like that's why sometimes there's people who are really like hardened against it or really like, you know, I just think it's about like their own fear, man. T um, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing so much and me with my super personal questions. <laughs> oh, no, that's um, great. It's great. No, thank this, you for this having was me. great. This was great. And, and I think once you start, you know, actually working on the record, it'd be nice to, have you back okay yeah i'd love that absolutely (laughs) love that yeah be great